sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hour number two of the early line right here on the grid. Mike Blue and Finley for Dane Martinez along with Kevin Walsh talking about Major League Baseball. Obviously, last night we had a couple of games. Yankees go 1-0 and in a rain-shortened contest. Cole gets the win over Scherzer, who struck out 11 Yankees. First pitcher since 1893 to strike out more than 10 batters in three consecutive opening day starts. So a big win for the Yanks on the flip side. Uh, Johnny Cueto goes only four innings. He looked fairly sharp. Clayton Kershaw does not get the start because he goes to the IL. May steps in, uh, does all right. They only give up one run between him and the bullpen, but the Giants' bullpen falls apart in the 8-1 victory for the Dodgers. Kike Hernandez, uh, MVP right now of the whole league. <laughs> That's a good point. And Stan's got himself a National League MVP. Um, you know, which again is not insignificant or the American league rather. So let's yeah. close the awards. Let's cash those tickets. Kike Hernandez, come get your trophy. Yeah. Uh, it's good it's, stuff. If you had Kike Hernandez on the M and on the MVP prop, hook me up. Call your boy. We got to hang out because that's a big payout. <laughs> Can I just ask you something payout. that I just thought yeah. of and I had not thought of until right now. I'd have to assume there's no all-star game. That feels like a pretty no, comfortable assumption. But are yeah, there going no to be All-Stars? Like after like 30 games? So. Are we just going to be like, no. hey, by the way, Trout's been great for 35. No. Oh, that kind of... No break. I like, no break. I like All-Stars. No, but no break. But like, can, I, can we still get an All-Star team? Like these are the guys that are All-Stars? Or no? I'm sure it's some of the players have incentives in their contracts, so they would like that. But uh, nonetheless, there will be no All-Star game. Uh, you can get your maybe postseason. They'll do. Look, you're going to get accolades from the different publications. I'm in on that, though. I'm in on that. From the team. Pro Bowl. I, I'm a defender of the Pro Bowl, not in watching it or, or thinking it's anything extraordinary. But people do have gotten to the point where they think it's um, it's not a big honor. I understand there are guys that step in. There's alternates that probably shouldn't be there. But the percentage of players that make the Pro Bowl in the NFL is lower than the percentage of MLB players that make the All-Star game. So how about that? It still is okay. a pretty big honor, even though some of the Pro Bowl selections are silly and they just put the same guys in every year and there's alternates. and look, the To be fair with the Pro Bowl, they at least take into account the whole season. At the end of it, like, We've seen this in, in both baseball and basketball, where a guy will make an all-star team or doesn't make an all-star team, and then you look back at the end of the year, and he's like on the all-NBA team. And it's like, well, that was yeah. – how do we mess that up? And it's like, well, because you only had half of the season. It's also log-jammed with super popular point guards. So the, even when they get outplayed, yeah, true. You know, they're, they're just putting in uh, – Chris Paul gets his 15th all-star game, even if he's not one of the best point guards, right? <laughs> That's just how it yeah. happens. So – uh, okay, so we'll continue through some of these games. Again, we're doing UFC. Kevin and I watched uh, the MLS game last night. Pretty exciting. Um, Definitely. God, it looks so hot. It looks extraordinarily hot where they're in Orlando. Like, it just does. 
It's yeah. going to be hot at all these baseball games, and I get it, but man, the soccer players, that's brutal to play in that heat. It just is. They shouldn't be playing in that kind of heat. Get excited for Qatar World Cup 2022, by the oh, way, where the, heat, where the heat never stops. So, all right, it's uh, <laughs> I'm, so I'm not not <laughs> right. We're, they're playing the in November, so maybe. They, so, uh, welcoming in the radio audience as I talk gibberish about the World Cup, which is two years from now. But uh, thanks for joining us. We'll talk. We'll continue talking baseball right here. Uh, next game on the slate, we have Brewers Cubs. So Kyle Hendricks. Uh, we'll get the start for the Cubs. I have no idea why this isn't a day game. It's going to go off at 7-10 Eastern uh, against Woodruff from the Brewers. Uh, Cubs, uh, one-and-a-half run favorite, minus 126 on the money line, eight-and-a-half total right here, Kevin. Yeah, I think if I could only watch one game today, this would certainly make a good case for it. Uh, the, the NL Central games between all of the teams that aren't the Pirates are, for me, going to all have a level of added importance. Um, be, just because they're all so even, and that was again represented in the odds to win the division. I think yeah. I'm, I think I'm kind of in on the Cubs this year. I don't know. I got sold a, a little bit on David Ross replacing Joe Madden, which is not what I was expecting to happen. If anything, I would have expected it to go the other way, but it seemed like maybe Joe Madden lost grip of the rope a little bit there, lost control. David Ross, they said, was a bit of a disciplinarian, even when he uh, was there as a player hopefully trying to right the ship there. They still have so much talent in that lineup. Javi Baez, Brian, Rizzo returned with the back injury the other day in a summer camp game and and hit a home run here. Minus 126 for the Cubs at home with with Hendricks on the mound is a price that I think I'm willing to pay, even if Woodruff is certainly no slouch. Yeah, I'm with you on the Ross move. Look, and I, I appreciated the way that the Cubs did it. They felt like they needed a different voice in the room. And you know what they did? Like professional adults, Theo Epstein and Joe Madden went out, had a bottle of wine together. They discussed everything, and then they moved on. It's just the way mm-hmm. that you should do things. And it's okay for, to say, hey, you know what? I think we need a different voice. We appreciate everything you did, the World Series, all of that. Uh, but we're going to move on. Uh, again, Kyle Hendricks will get the start today. These two teams since 2017, by the way, have identical records of 271 and 216. The Cubs hold a tiny edge, 30 oh, wow. to 28 in head to head matchups. Pretty crazy, right? They're dead even basically mm-hmm. uh, since 2017, since the Cubs got that World Series. So we'll come back. We'll break, continue to break down uh, more games. We'll do, uh, we're going to talk about the pitching matchup that everybody's been waiting for. Tommy Malone, Nate Baldy, <laughs> get pumped, O's fans. Docs fans, it's going to be a heck of a 2020. Thank God the season is shorter this year. There's less to suffer through. <laughs> we'll be right back on the grid after this. It's Mike and Kevin from the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back on the early line. Thanks for joining us on the grid. Uh, let's get into that matchup that I teased that everybody's 
uh, super excited about. So we got Tommy Malone going up against uh, Nate Evaldi, certainly not the uh, starter that the Sox were hoping for on a, their opening day, even in a truncated season. But we have a nice, robust total here, Kevin. The Sox favored by the run and a half, minus 215, uh, but a total of 10. So biggest total on the board. Yeah, and it's uh, it's very justifiable. Uh, I think this is a, a spot here where people might look towards laying the run line instead of going, because minus 215 with Avaldi on the bump is not going to inspire a lot of confidence. It does, by the way, give us an insight that this Baltimore Orioles team, are they're going to be massive dogs no matter what. Uh, that That's just going yeah. to be the scenario here. You know, Devers, it's open day. Bogart. They're playing against Nate Evaldi, and they are mm-hmm. that big of a underdog. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like, uh, it's, you know, and it'll be interesting to see how much things change for their games in Baltimore. Try, you know, no real feel yet for it, Mike. How much being at home matters in these games, obviously, but also how much the books are kind of factoring it in. Like, I couldn't help but think to myself yesterday, like, wow, Max Scherzer's a a home dog. For the first time in a very long time, that was the case. Pretty much since Max yeah. Scherzer's been uh, like one of you know the best pitchers in baseball. Um, you know, w- with him being a, a home dog here, the Orioles are going to be dogs though. Pretty much regardless where they play their games, um, the only benefit for them is they might have road games in their building. Um, when you know, depending on how this stuff shakes out, with the Blue Jays. Nevertheless, yeah. here, I think I still might play this game over. Because the Red Sox might score 15 runs. Baltimore should be good for a couple themselves. You know, they quietly had some guys impressed last year to where can they produce a couple runs? You know, if they give you four, you got to like your chances to get over this number. So, uh, all in all, I think the over 10 is justified, but I think it could still get over that number. Yeah, I, I think it, it would be certainly an exercise for us to look at with the Tigers and the Orioles to see how many days in a row that they're dogs right there, there's going to be a yeah. time where they're going to have to win some baseball games but to your point they're going to be underdogs in, in nearly every game and i think uh, tracking that is going to be something important you're not ever going to feel comfortable betting on the orioles but they're not going winless you know as bad right. as these teams are they still rip off a few dozen wins a year uh even though the tigers tried hard not to do that so uh in 2019 so uh let's move on to the next game because i know these next two games are uh potential potentially attractive to you. We're going to go to Royals-Indians. Indians favored Shane Bieber on the bump going up against Danny Duffy. Minus 240 favorite for the Indians. So a massive favorite right here with the run line at 8.5. Yeah, this is the thing. When you've got a minus 240 favorite, and that number I think has actually been moving up this morning. People are you know waking up early, getting the dust out of their eyes, and, and still yeah. throwing it down on Cleveland understandably so very similar to what we talked a little bit about when with the reds um and you know you need to beat up on the bottom teams that are involved in the central same is true here for cleveland they have a great chance to do though with shane bieber i mean boy they just keep churning out aces right it was kluber then we're excited about bauer they're both gone and then they still have three studs with bieber clevenger and carrasco uh, they're going to have themselves the edge on the mound a lot of the time, uh, especially when they're going up against a team like the Royals. But again, minus 240 is still a lot to be laid here. This is when I'll start to look for a parlay partner uh, and see if we can even maybe bring it to plus money. 
Got it. Uh, so we'll talk about that next game, which you are potentially looking to partner, and that is Pirates-Cardinals. Jack Flaherty gets the start uh, for the Cardinals. They will go up against Musgrove and the Pirates. One and a half uh, is, the, uh, is the difference there. Minus 194. So again, a pretty heavy favorite uh, with, mm-hmm. the, with the run line at eight. But again, you're talking about potentially pairing these two games together, correct? That's right. And if you take it, again, the Indians right now at minus 240, the Cardinals at minus 194. Uh, a parlay, though, of those two teams gets you to plus 115, uh, which is which is pretty nice. Again, you know, two of the bigger favorites on the board. And pretty much everything that we just said about, uh, you know, Cleveland with Beaver on the mound is true of the Cardinals with Flaherty on the mound. Jack Flaherty's got himself a great shot at winning a Cy Young uh, if the Cardinals can get themselves to the top of this division. Although I guess that doesn't really matter because team success didn't dictate anything when it came to DeGrom uh, and those Cy Young. So really, it's just going to be a matter of what Flaherty brings to the table. But he is the reason why they're a minus 194 favorite. The other part of that is the Pirates are terrible. There's not a lot to like past Josh Bell in this lineup. And I think a parlay of these two teams, the fact that it comes around at plus money without having to add a third team, I think is a very, very attractive option on the board. Yeah, Jack Flaherty's uh, 0.91 ERA after the All-Star break. Last year was the third lowest ever for a qualified pitcher, so the 24-year-old uh, getting his wow. first opening day start. Yeah, pretty amazing, right? When you, you start to look at the numbers, you're like, wow, under a run? Better than some of the other guys that we talk about that are high-profile. Baseball fans obviously know who Jack Flaherty is, and it, as you said, uh, will have a shot for some major awards. So jump back into uh, some other games. Rockies. Uh, Rangers, Lance Lynn against Marquez, one and a half uh, run favorites here are the Rangers, minus 124 on the money line with a run total of eight and a half. Obviously, the Rockies, anytime they're out of Colorado, you're going to have uh, some situations where they're going to be dogs. And I wonder if this is a live one. Yeah, I, I think I think you have uh, probably spotted a, a live dog here. When you think, you know, the Rangers, again, this is a team that slated to be at the bottom of their division so are the rockies but there's a little bit more to be excited about with this rockies team especially with their lineup arenado and story are two guys that'll compete for the mvp award uh but marquez is like there's a pitching edge here for this colorado team i think as well coming into the game so for them to be at, at you know plus 106 right now at the FanDuel sportsbook i think it makes this an attractive option on the board and i also think it's worth noting mike that this probably is evidence that there is still home field advantage being taken into account, maybe even as normal, because if this was flipped around and played in Colorado, I think you're looking at the Rockies at minus 130, minus 140 favorites. So certainly where this game is being played is factoring in, but I think I would might still back the Rockies here regardless. Trivia question for you. Mm. Ready? Ubaldo Jimenez. What's the name of the? <laughs> no. What's What's the name of the Rangers' new park? Because they're opening it. It's brand new today. The garage. I don't know why they needed to replace the? <laughs> that could be a nickname. It looks like a Home Depot, actually, when yep. you look at it, it on does. the outside. Um, oh, it's the Globe, isn't it? The Globe. Globe Life Field. So they'll call it the Globe. So pretty, yeah. pretty. I mean, it took you your third guess. Come on. Uh, in any event, uh, they will open that today. And uh, Lance Lynn, 246 strikeouts last season, third most by Rangers pitcher behind Nolan Ryan's 301 and 89. 
Yu Darvish is 277 in 2013. So um, we'll see uh, how that game plays out. But that that is one that I'm looking at uh, as far as underdogs are concerned. We've been on almost favorites almost all morning. It's the beginning of the season, right? We have to see how everybody has played. You're going to lean towards favorites early. Favorites like are 2-0 and so far. Late. That's right. But I like what you're doing with the parlay. But I think the Rockies potentially somebody to look at. Uh, let's get to, we got one more here before the break. Uh, Twins, White Sox. Good pitching matchup here. Lucas Giolito against Jose Barrios. Uh, right now, the Twins are favored by the run and a half. So we, I think that is our first home dog uh, mm-hmm. of the slate today. Minus 110 on the money line. Minus 104 for the Sox. So they're both minus money with a run total of eight and a half. I know we only got a minute to break. Yeah, the, the, the pitching matchup is going to draw eyes here a bit with Barrios and Giolito on the mound, understandably so. But a total of eight and a half with these two potent lineups, I think, does maybe provide some value, especially with only being minus 106 to that over. You know, you think about what the Twins bring to the to the lineup, and then they add Josh Donaldson. And then there's a lot to like with the White Sox, uh, again, especially some of those young studs, Moncada, uh, Louis Roberts. So I think there could still be a lot of offense in this game, despite the two studs on the mound. Okay, we're going to come back with uh, Jason Paglia from UFC. Kevin will take care of that interview. I'll see you on the other side of it. Stay, Keep it right here on The Grid, talking UFC next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Two Major League Baseball games are in the books in this crazy sprint to 60 games. The Yankees won a rain-shortened contest over the Washington Nationals 4-1. to Garrett Cole with the win there. Giancarlo Stanton hit the first home run of the year. That came off Max Scherzer. The Dodgers used a five-run seventh inning to take the lead over the San Francisco Giants en route to a 8-1 to win. Kiki Hernandez had five RBIs in the victory. Clinton Kershaw scratched before he could even toe the rubber in the regular season. The dominant lefty hits the injured list with a sore back. Dustin May got the nod instead for L.A. A full schedule of games today, beginning with the Mets and Braves playing at 4 p.m. Eastern. The Braves placed left-handed pitcher Cole Hamels on the 45-day injured list with left triceps tendonitis. Major League Baseball and the MLBPA agreed Thursday just before the start of the season to expand the playoffs to 16 teams for the 2020 season. All second-place teams in the six divisions will now qualify for the playoffs. The seventh and eighth teams in each league will be chosen by best record. The first round of the playoffs scheduled for September 29th through October 2nd in each league will be 4-3 game series with all games played at the higher seeds home stadium. The rest of the rounds will be their customary length. In the NFL according to a report from ESPN's Dan Graziano, Thursday night NFL Players Association team player representatives are scheduled to convene a conference call 
at some point this morning as the players work to finalize an agreement with team owners on the rules and finances of the 2020 NFL season. Graziano's sources said the negotiations were still ongoing on Thursday night around three key points. Rules for the training camp acclimation period, procedures via which players could opt out of the season for coronavirus-related reasons, and what would happen to the contract of those who do, and how to handle the league's long-term finances and salary caps of future years in the wake of projected 2020 revenue loss as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. And effective Thursday, Washington will call itself the Washington football team pending the adoption of a new name. This is not the final renaming or rebranding of the team, but just a stopgap until they make that move. They hope to have everything moved over in the next 50 days before their first game against the Eagles in September. I'm Dan Strafford, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, welcome back on to the early line. I am Kevin Walsh, and we have the honor of being joined by our guy, Jay, the sports keg. Jay, how are you doing this morning? I mean, the honor. I mean, these introductions <laughs> keep getting better every time I'm on. Well, listen, Jay, you, you keep making us money. We had another winning week uh, last week. We could have swept the board if Kelvin Gaslam didn't let himself get caught in a heel hook, which was beyond frustrating. Ooh. So. I don't even want to bring it up, but Figueredo inside the distance got the job done. He looked fantastic. He's going to, you know, potentially reign over that division for a while. Then the Queen of Violence as well uh, made us some money with a gnarly knee bar um, in that fight. But let's get straight uh, into another fun fight night here. And what is an awesome main event between Robert Whitaker and then Twitter's favorite, Darren Till. Uh, one versus five at middleweight uh, going into this fight, Jay. Whitaker's the favorite at minus. 134 at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Darren Till coming in at plus 114. What do you think about this fight? I see a lot of love on Darren Till out there, Kev. And and my question is, what has he done? I mean, if you look at his last four fights, okay, Wonderboy Thompson, he wins a decision that could have legitimately went either way. It was a razor-thin decision. He then loses to uh, Tyron Woodley, already on the decline. He gets planted like a Christmas tree against uh, Jorge Masvidal <laughs> in front of his home crowd, right? And then right. his last fight at the new weight class wins the split decision against a guy in Kelvin Gastelum that we backed last week but has clearly lost whatever he had, man. I, I, I don't know what's going on with him. So, I, I you know, Darren Till took a lot of money. I think Till opened up, like, in the plus 135 range uh, when mm. the line initially dropped in Vegas. A friend of mine at the Aria told me at the, at the book. Uh, quickly moved to even money, got that down. In my opinion, if you're betting Darren Till in this fight, it's because you basically think Robert Whitaker is finished. And if that's not your thought process, I don't know what it can possibly be. If Robert Whitaker is still the fighter that he was when he had the belt a year ago, there's no way in your right mind that you can tell me Till's a more skilled fighter at 185 pounds. I, I just refuse to believe it. Uh, I mean, you know, Whitaker rolls in to that title match with Donna Adesanya. I think he was on a nine-fight win streak. He loses the belt to a guy that if he, if Adesanya gets by Paolo Costa, he could, like, legitimately be this generation's Anderson Silva. 
So mm-hmm. I'm not convinced that Till has the body for 185. Uh, the, you know, he fought the smallest middleweight in the division in Kelvin Gastelum in his first fight at 185. Now he fights a guy that's walking around at about 230 pounds. So I think that Robert Whitaker, well-rounded as you can be in the middleweight division, excellent wrestler, a former Australian national wrestling champion, striking phenomenal, great combinations. And the angles that his strikes come from, I, I believe, are elite. His striking accuracy on point, wicked leg kicks. He's got a gas tank that can go for days. He's fought multiple five-round fights, and he's been fresh in the fifth round of all of them. So, you know, the one thing Whitaker can't do in this fight, he can't extend in the striking exchanges the way he did against Izzy. If he does that, he could be in trouble. But he makes excellent real-time adjustments, excluding that last fight. And he's a true counterpuncher, unlike Till. I don't believe Bobby Knuckles is done. I'm on him at minus one ten, and I think I think that he's bettable to to around minus one thirty. I saw books this morning where you can get him at minus one twenty five still, and I would not be surprised if you see the European market start to heavily back Till on Saturday afternoon after payday which could give us an extra time mm. of value on Saturday afternoon. Give me Bobby Knuckles. That's a, that, that's a great point as well, right? That the, the timing can make the difference on the line that you're going to get here. I got to also think part of this is, to be fair to the UFC, I know they, they try, but there's not a ton of popular fighters in the sport. And the few that there are, they do seemingly attract a bit more money. And Darren Till is starting to gain in popularity, right? Uh, you know, I talk to a lot of people that, that watch the fight game. He's hilarious. They're fans of his. It's hard, it's hard not to be, but that then can just bring on your, you know, your more recreational better, especially before a fight closes. I think what you're saying there, Jay, is you might, you know, let, you know, even the co-main event get underway, and that might be even the time to bet Whitaker. Yeah, uh, because right now, put Conor McGregor aside, okay? In England, their two, you know, gems are Leon Edwards and Darren Till. And you Mm -hmm. see a lot of heavy money come in from Europe from over there on all of these fights. So you could legitimately see that line start to move back towards Till tomorrow night the closer that we get to fight time, 100%. Yeah, I I think it'll be interesting to follow how that line moves. Let's keep looking here. Alexander Gustafson, who is one of the more well-known names, especially to people that follow the fight game closely. If I'm not mistaken here, Jay, he's making a heavyweight debut against Fabricio yep. Verdum, a minus 375 favorite as he comes up uh, to heavyweight. That's over at the FanDuel Sportsbook, 3-1 to one odds if you wanted to back Verdum. What do you, what do you see in this fight? Intriguing fight. The question for me in this fight basically is, are these two men washed up? I feel confident in answering that question for Fabricio Verdum. I believe his best days are far behind him. He looked awful in his last two fights, knocked out by Alexander Volkov, then loses a really bad decision to somebody like Alexei Olenek. If we're being honest, Verdum really hasn't looked like the same since he lost that title to Stipe Miocic at UFC 198, right? So since then, 
I think it's been a slow regression that culminated in the loss against Alexi Olenek his last time out. Now, Alexander Gustafson, you know, I suppose the same could be said for him. Obviously, you said he makes his heavyweight debut right now in the UFC. I understand the move. He's never going to beat John Jones. He's never getting that title at 205. And he just doesn't want to cut the weight anymore. So yeah. I, I think that Gustafson, a very skilled fighter, one of the best fighters, I believe, in UFC history, never to win a championship. So my mm. read on the fight is this. Probably even through one round and then the superior striking game and what should be a substantial cardio edge probably starts to show itself early in round two. I think Gustafson then takes control of the fight, right? That said, I'm not laying $350 on <laughs> Gustafson in this fight, right? Now, you know what, Kev? I could see him winning an ugly decision here, maybe two rounds to one, maybe dominating three rounds to nothing. You can get uh, him by decision at plus 175. Personally, I think it's the only play in that fight because I'm not laying the 350. I guess you could throw it in a parlay to get the price down on something. Personally, right. I wouldn't. You still lose value in a parlay. So I would say at uh, him by decision at plus 175 probably be the way I would look there. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And even as you mentioned with the parlays, it can be dangerous to throw heavyweight fights um, kind of as parlay fodder because you never know if someone's going to get caught uh, sl slipping on the chin. Let me talk to you about the ladies' fight that's on the main event, uh, on the main card here with Carla Esparza uh, and Marina Rodriguez. Esparza ranked seventh um, at straw weight. Rodriguez is ranked ninth, yet she is the minus 180 favorite at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, Esparza showing as a plus, a plus 152 dog. Uh, what do you see here? Anything you like in this fight, Jay? It's a, a classic strike striker versus grappler match that we see constantly in the cage. Listen, Ka Carla Esparza, her wrestling has been the bane of my existence at times <laughs> when, when, when I bet her, okay? I backed Alexa Grasso in her fight against Esparza. I lost. Now, Saturday night, there are a lot of similarities to that Grasso fight, but I'm going to fade Carla Esparza again. Marina Rodriguez, in my opinion, she is a special striker. She reminds me of Joanna, but her takedown defense is wow. not as good as Joanna. So Rodriguez has had difficulties letting solid wrestlers and grapplers take her down. In her last two fights, they were both draws against two solid wrestlers. Ronda Marcos in one, Cynthia Calvillo in the other. I have got to believe that Rodriguez and her team have been working really hard on her takedown defense while getting ready for the fight. And she's such a talented striker. If she is able to stay on her feet, she destroys Carla Esparza. There's a big size difference in the fight. Marina, much bigger than Michelle Waterson and Alexa Grasso, who Carla Esparza beat. And I think at the end of the day, I really do believe Rodriguez takes two out of three rounds in the fight because of the huge advantage that she has in striking. She just needs to stay on her feet. Now, the line opened up at minus 148. If you didn't get that line, you cannot lay 185, right? So mm -hmm. the only way to go 
plus 110 by decision uh, is the only way I would look in this fight. So Marina Rodriguez by decision plus 110. Yeah, I, I like it, Jay. It'll, it'll be fun to follow these fights. The thing is, there are 15 fights on this card. We only got to a couple of them. What you guys are going to have to do is follow our guy, Jay, on Twitter for all of the plays uh, at Kegger CEO. And make sure you follow the sports keg. The keg cast uh, is fantastic. It is much watch, uh, must watch stuff, man, for you UFC better. So do not miss out on that. A fun fight night coming up. Jay, we appreciate you. As always, uh, we're getting close to that Steve Bay Cormier breakdown. Uh, which I'm excited uh, about. Great stuff, as always, from you, Jay. We'll do it again next week. We come back. We go back to the MLB next here on the Early Line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back on the early line, Mike and Kevin. Good stuff there from Kevin and Jason Paglia talking about the UFC slate uh, tomorrow. So we'll get right back into baseball. Just this uh, final long segment here. We're going to talk some some baseball and and try to fit in some other stories if we can. Uh, but well, let's get to it right here, Kevin. Uh, Diamondbacks, Madison Bumgarner uh, going up against Chris Paddock here, and the Padres. Padres favored by the run and a half. It's a minus one forty. On the money line right now with an eight and a half total. This is an awesome game. This is maybe the game I'm most excited for here. Paddock versus Bumgarner is fun. And I think now, if you're the Padres and the Diamondbacks, knowing that, you know, again, maybe the Rockies pop off, maybe the Giants figure it out. One of you just got so much more life because now one of you has to make the playoffs. The second team is guaranteed to be in. Forget the wild card. That's exciting. And the fact that they're going to start off against each other with their aces, you know, the Diamondbacks bring in Bob Gardner. The Padres very excited about what Paddock could be. I'm very, very excited for this game. You mentioned it, Mike. We haven't been hitting a lot of dogs. This is a spot though, where I'm excited about a dog. I, I just, I'm excited to see Madison Baumgartner in a new spot. I think the Diamondbacks might be the better team. Cattell Marte, maybe the most underrated player in baseball, finished fourth in NL MVP voting last year. They bring in Starling Marte. Over the offseason at plus 122, I'm intrigued at the dog here in a very important NL West matchup. As you said, it's the sixth time he's getting the ball on opening day. The first time he's pitching in a uniform other than a San Francisco Giants uniform. Uh, Paddock had a 1.08 ERA against the D-backs as a rookie. So a good pitching matchup there. But, you know, we talked a little bit about the Rockies, as you said here. Uh, the experience pitching uh, Madison Bumgarner in a new spot might be something pretty interesting here to look at. I mean, we'll even take, I mean, what might the parlay be on that? You probably get a big payout on that. Let me take a look. Diamondbacks, Rockies, plus 357 on the parlay. It's yeah, a nice day. But you need to hit them both. But if we're talking about the the live dogs that we like, pairing them together can get you a big payday, even at a even if you're not putting a lot of units on it. It's something to consider. Uh, when you're mm -hmm. backing 
two legitimate starting pitchers. Uh, moving on to the next game. Verlander going for the Strohs, coming off yet another Cy Young campaign. They're going to be the a run and a half up, minus 136, uh, excuse me, minus 310 on the money line, the run total again. Uh, this is a game where I looked towards last night. Yankees got the job done, looked dominant doing so. Dodgers got the job done, looked dominant doing so. The Astros now... Uh, are bigger favorites than both of those teams were because they're playing. Um, uh, are the Mariners worse than Giants? I'm not sure. Um, really what it comes down to is Verlander is going to bring a little bit more juice than a Dustin May or even a Kershaw would at this point. But minus 310, the Astros, you know, we're trying to figure out, Mike, is Variance going to reign supreme? You know, when does Verlander lose games? When does Cole lose games, right? When are these guys going to get touched up, right? It'll be interesting to see, but from the first two-game sample size, the two best teams in baseball looked fantastic. This is, according to the odds, the third best team in baseball. I'm not over the moon about laying minus 310, but that run line worked out nicely last night with the Dodgers against the Giants laying that run and a half. Minus 136 is a very digestible price for me. At minus one and a half, and I think it maybe is the way to go uh, with the Astros in this game. I'm with you. I think that's the angle to take in this game. I don't necessarily have to get into the totals because for the run, the run line because Verlander could shut them down completely. Uh, mm-hmm. It is Marco Gonzalez's second opening day start in a row. Although this is his first one in America, they started the season last year in the Tokyo Dome. So Marco Gonzalez his second in a row after Felix Hernandez had the previous 10. So uh, I'm with you. I think that's the angle to take on this game. I like it. As you said, minus 136 is not a terrible price. You're always like, you're always going to have to pay some juice when you're betting on Justin Verlander, but that yeah. is a digestible price. Perfect way to put it. So that's a nine, 10 start. And this is the final game of the slate. By the way, a quick note, we always doing fan duel lines here. Obviously, please go to, FanDuel Sportsbook to check all of these lines. They do not yet have a lineup for Dodgers-Giants. It was obviously a night game. Uh, They're coming back playing again Mm -hmm. today, so uh, we'll see what it is. I think you said Ross Stripling is uh, intended to start, correct? And Jeff Samarja for the Giants. Um, The line, you know, will be around minus 270, likely. Uh, The Dodgers will continue to be big favorites, uh, as you would expect, but potentially, and again, can't blame Fandle, giving themselves a little breathing room, waiting to see uh, if there's any word as to what the projected lineups might look like uh, with this being the first back-to-back uh, of the slate. Pretty odd that the Yankees now take the day off, but the Dodgers and the Giants keep pushing. Yeah, look, a lot of action for a sports book on the first day of the season. We had a rain-shortened game. We had Clayton Kershaw go down. We had uh, Juan Soto isn't playing for the Nationals. They expanded the playoffs, and there's a 14-game slate today. So uh, I'll cut him a little bit of slack on this for not having a lineup. Maybe he'll find it elsewhere, but uh, FanDuel, I'm sure, will have it up shortly. So the last game, the final game of today's slate is the Los Angeles Angels against the Oakland A's, which has obviously become a favorite of a lot of people right a Mm -hmm. sleeper so to speak i don't know you know the the problem with doing what we do is we end up talking about the sleepers so much by the time the season starts 
they're clearly not sleepers. We know the Reds have power <laughs> in their starting pitching. We know, similarly, uh, with uh, Frankie Montas, who starts today, the A's have a pretty good rotation. If you were to get to October uh, into the playoffs, they have somebody, they have a squad that can be uh, a challenge for anybody to go up against. So uh, Montas goes up against Andrew Heaney. Perhaps he doesn't inspire as much confidence as some of the other uh, past opening day starters that you've had. But the line here is the A's are the favorite here, minus uh, one and a half on minus one and a half, minus 150 on the money line. The run line is eight and a half. But I don't know here. You're, you're talking about the taking the minus one and a half on the Strohs. What about doing it for the A's at plus 135? Yeah, I mean, you know, getting plus money as well is not bad here. Um, Frankie Montas is someone that I'm a fan of based on one YouTube video of Trevor Bauer pitching in a desert uh, against Jose Ramirez, and Frankie Montas was a part of uh, that pitching session, and him versus Jose Ramirez was just hilarious. So I like I may try drafted the both of them the other day in, on my, in my fantasy league. I'm just now a fan of Frankie Montas. That's what it is. Um, yeah. The big thing for me with this game, Mike, is, and I don't know if we've got official word, is Anthony Rendon playing. It's been questionable with the oblique injury. That's a difference maker, right? Like yesterday we saw Juan Soto uh, be removed from the lineup. That moves the number a bit here. I don't know if this number is baking in a healthy uh, Rendon or maybe is expecting Anthony Rendon to be absent. That matters to me. And with this game being at 10-10, you know, we're a while probably away from finding out, and you certainly have a lot of time to get that news before you need to make your play. If Rendon is playing in this game, though, I might be inclined maybe to play an over uh, in this one because I do think the Angels added a lot to their lineup, and I do think that the A's are, you know, justifiable favorites, and they as well. Matt Chapman, of course, right? They have a lot of guys throughout their lineup that um, can can bring home some runs. So. Eight and a half is not bad. Minus 120 is not my favorite, uh, certainly. But the big thing for this game is uh, yes or no for Anthony Rendo. Good point. So thanks for that breakdown. I would say to everybody listening, today's opening day. It's why we went through every single baseball game. As everybody (laughs) knows, once the NBA gets started and the puck drops, there is going to be an intense amount of sporting contests on every day. We will not have the opportunity to go through every baseball game and every single NBA game. Did it in honor of being opening day, opening night last night. We have the full slate today, so uh, had a lot of fun with that. Let's talk about MLS real quick because you and I were both watching this game. You were on in-game live last night, uh, but MLS is back tournament. We finally have a decision, and unfortunately for the Houston Dynamo, they get bumped on the penultimate game of the MLS is back first round tournament. And it puts NYC FC in the next round. Yeah. The NYC FC, you know, they got a blessing for themselves. Uh, The dynamo led for, they, they they said on the broadcast 73 minutes of that game. And then uh, a penalty comes in, the galaxy made good on it. Those two teams then proceed to play. Uh, the wildest seven-minute stretch. That, that was an seen. awesome seven minutes of soccer. It was. It it was just, it turned into like an NBA All-Star game where it's just, all right, go here. All right, you go, punt it up, shot, chance. No one's playing defense. Everyone is too tired. It was really, really fun to watch. 
Um, they almost a couple of times had their chance. I think the Galaxy had the better of the chances, though. Like, they almost came away with a full three points and finished it third in the table. It was ridiculous that the guy didn't finish his run. It was literally, yep. it was the easiest goal he ever would have scored in his life. And he quit <laughs> on his run. And it didn't matter. They got the tie literally seconds later. But to your point, both teams were so tired. They both had golden opportunities to score and yeah. missed the opportunities. The Dynamo had to be stunned. It was a soft penalty that was given uh, to yeah. the Galaxy. But it was a penalty. I, I say soft penalty, but still a penalty. If you're an experienced player, you can't be grabbing people in the box. No, especially not like at that time, right? Like yeah. you have to know where, where you are, time and place. Um, now, the result of this, I think, for NYCFC is a tough matchup uh, playing Toronto FC, who I do think um, could be set up for a decent run in this tournament. Uh, the winner of that, you guys see the bracket up right now on your screens with us here. Uh, Toronto FC, the winner of that would play Portland, Cincinnati. Cincinnati surprising people with their bounce back after losing 4 nothing in the opener uh, to Columbus. The top uh, of that uh, side of the bracket uh, with the Philadelphia uh, against New England and then Sporting KC and Vancouver. Uh, and then quickly on the other side, Mike, you see Orlando and Montreal. Uh, San Jose, Real Salt Lake, Columbus gets Minnesota, but one of the, the best uh, knockout matchups there, LAFC and Seattle, uh, two very, very high-profile teams uh, meeting in the group stage, or the knockouts, yeah, so, rather. So it kicks off tomorrow, Orlando City, Montreal Impact at 8 p.m., Philadelphia, New England at 10.30. So we will uh, get that kicked off, obviously being updating you on the early line. Uh, each and every day that we can. We're going to have Ariel Epstein on after the break. If we can jam one more story possibly in here, <laughs> Jamal Adams blowing up Adam Gase, saying that he isn't the leader to get us to the promised land. And as many Jets fans are nodding in agreement, it's a little difficult for your best player to say that the coach isn't the one. Even if sort of everybody thinks it, you can't really mm -hmm. say it. It's been... um. It's been a ride watching Dane try and digest this news on this show. He loves his Jets. And I'm not taking a shot at Dane. I think he'd have to admit it himself. I, I even, when Miles Garrett got his contract, I said, Dane, not great for the whole idea of Jamal Adams needs to wait to be paid. He goes, we will not be talking about that. He just moved on. And it's a very real thing. And Jamal is continuously taking this further. And he's really leaving them no choice. Although he says he'll show up. so. Maybe he is leaving them more breathing room than we think. The Chris Jones one was even tougher. So we're going to come back <laughs> with Ariel Epstein right after this to close out the early line back on the grid after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back on the grid, 
Mike Blute and Kevin Walsh closing out the early line. Thank you to Dane Martinez for allowing me to step in today on one of my favorite days, opening day of baseball. And we're bringing in Ariel Epstein, co-host of The Morning After. Ariel, how are you doing? I'm actually really surprised. I did not expect to see you here, Blue. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. I, I'm excited to be on with you. It's been a while since we've chatted. So, uh, Yanks, our Yanks, get the dub, the rain-shortened W last night. Hopefully you had fun watching that. I saw you sporting the cap yesterday. I have mine right next to me, which I'm going to throw on in a moment. Yeah, it was an awesome awesome opening day to just be able to see the ceremonies and be able to see the first pitch. I was getting nervous that the rain would postpone us a little bit or delay us. And unfortunately we got cut short. This game looked like it was going over the total. I know that a lot of people got their money it sure was. tickets were voided, but it definitely looked like it was going over. I could not agree more. I was someone who had that over, very frustrated to see the game. I was trying to create new rules. I was calling Blue, and I'm like, Mike, do you think that they have to play the game Saturday? Like, no, it's not, <laughs> that's not how the rules work. Uh, quickly, Ariel, before we let you go here, uh, what do you guys got coming up today uh, on the morning after? Of course, we have a ton of Major League Baseball to get to. We'll also go through all of the games that are going to happen today for the rest of opening day. And Mafia joining the show. He's going to break down some UFC. So I'm going to throw this on to close out the show. There we go. I'm not a partial or biased fan. Yeah, please do. Well, your hair looks nice. Don't mess it up. I waited till my last (laughs) minute. So uh, thank you to producers Alex Fasano and Brian Rakowski. Uh, Kev, good to hang with you today, buddy. Yeah, it's it's been a while, Mike, but it was fun to get back in the saddle. Uh, Opening day, uh, we're set to go, and we'll have to do it again soon. Absolutely. And Ariel, best for last. Thank you for joining us for this segment. Have a great show. Uh, You and Jared breaking down a ton of Major League Baseball today, along with all the other action that will happen this weekend. Talk to you later. Uh, Thanks for watching, everybody. Stay on the grid right here. The morning after is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.